Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thank you for listening to the late-breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the late-breaking Formula One podcast. And not just any late-breaking Formula One podcast. It is the 100th episode. How on earth have we made it to 100? How do we make it to 10, let alone 100? Anyway, (laughs) we're still here. We're still going. uh, And we've got something of a special episode to bring up free figures. But of course, Harry Eid and Samuel Sage are alongside me. Guys... Are you as stoked about making the milestone as I am? I feel like we've only got to 100 because we do this in separate locations. And had we done this all in one recording booth, we probably would have throttled each other maybe after halfway through the second episode, I reckon. It wouldn't have taken that long. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think that would have been very practical at all. I think us being, you know, a couple of hundred miles apart from each other is, you know, the way forward. It's a shame, though. I do wish I was closer to you, boys. We did, we did, we did do one. If you were listening to the Portuguese GP review podcast, we did, we all sat around good. the table there. It was good, and you'll know it made absolutely no impact whatsoever <laughs> on the quality of the product. So, yeah, you, <laughs> you didn't care. You do not care. <laughs> Kidding, of course. Um, yeah, so today we're going to be, one of the things we're going to be doing today is reviewing the first ever podcast that we did back in 2018, just to prove that we weren't very good at this then, as we are now. Um, we're going to play a special 100th edition of F1 Back and Forth, because, it, you know, the milestone episode just wouldn't be complete without F1 Back and Forth, it's the staple. Um, but first of all, we're going to have a bit of a bit of a wider topic of the future of Formula One, so... Plenty going on at the moment in terms of the rules and the regulations changing, budget cap coming in, Stefano Domenicali into the role uh, left by Chase Carey. So plenty to discuss here. Um, if we're going to break this down, let's have a look, first of all, at the changes in rules and regulations, uh, some of which are coming in in 2021 to do with the aerodynamics, but a lot of them pushed back for 2022. Sam, how do you think that these rules are going to impact the overall racing that we get? 
this, I think, is the most positive part for the future of F1. I think we're going to talk across some interesting topics about how F1 is going to be defined going forward. I think in terms of, it feels like guaranteed positivity. This is the right way to go. We've missed wheel-to-wheel racing. We've missed close following. We've missed, you know, Ben always says it, races don't need to have a single overtake to be an exciting race. And they don't. We, we've seen some fascinating races where only a couple of people have made moves. And it's been really, really exciting. I was a bit gutted, actually, that, um, that the, the regulations got pushed back uh, a year because I was really, really excited to see those sleek, clean cars missing all the parts. Uh, so they were just one old body, almost like it was back in the 90s, where it's one clean uh, Formula One car body, so to speak. Um, I love the idea of these illuminating rims that are going to have information or lights on them. It's a bit strong, but F1's always been a, you know, a sport of the future, and I kind of love that that's going to happen. Um, and I think this is going to make for really, really fun action. And I also think because we're coming into a bit of a golden generation of F1 talent, there's seven or eight drivers on the grid right now that could theoretically be world champion should they step into the right car. Um, I'm, I'm really pumped. I am super pumped. I'm not saying I say often how pumped I am, uh, but I am pumped up very much like a blow-up bed after a good... <laughs> you know what I mean? One of them? Yeah. Terrible metaphor. Anyway, pumped. That's one of your worst metaphors you've ever done. Good stuff. You, you saved um, it for episode 100. If you're still risking, you don't care what the metaphors are like. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that might be one of your better metaphors, which isn't really a compliment, but there you go. I'm kidding, oh, I'm of course. <laughs> kidding, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the rules and regulations changing specifically for 2022, of course, supposed to be all coming in in 2021. Harry, what, what are your thoughts on how that can improve the product that we've got at the moment? Yeah, I mean, kind of echo what Sam says. I, I was sad that they had to push it back, but I think... If we can get to a place where F1 is somewhat like Formula 1 2012 was, where, you know, you went into each weekend not knowing who, you you know, anyone could have won. Pastor Maldonado won a race, and that says everything you need to know. So, um, yeah, I think... Well, yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry, Pastor. <laughs> um, yeah, I think if we can get to F1 back to that kind of place where, you know, huge respect to Mercedes and the dominance they've had over F1, you can't fault them for it. They've just done the better job. But if we can get to a place where F1 is, you know, there's three teams, four teams fighting out for the championship. Um, you know, even back in 2010, we had something similar like that. Um, yeah, I think that's, that would be great. And, you know, even if it's, it doesn't have to be a huge amount of overtaking, but as long as it's close, where you know mistakes are costly and you could lose a bunch of positions because the pack's so close, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, that would be that would be awesome, and just hope that I hope that they work. Yeah, I mean, first of all, just to look at the rules and regulation changing, it is good that there are a number of aerodynamic elements that are being stripped away and adjusted for 2021. Um, Mercedes have only just recently released a video of James Allison sort of describing the changes. It's about 11, 12 minute video. He does it. He's a perfect communicator, James Allison. I would definitely recommend checking that out just to give a brief overview as to as to what the F1 teams are doing here. Um, but I'm interested to see what what they do, um, and then the, the wider changes that come in in 2022. Um, 
ultimately and they've sort of set, set the stall quite high in terms of what they actually expect from these changes in how much it could eliminate dirty air and make following that much easier we we hear all, all the time drivers complain that they can catch up to a driver they get within two seconds and they just kind of sit in that area without being able to make much more of a move unless they are significantly faster than the driver ahead hopefully those sorts of situations are eliminated or um, it makes it easier for the driver to at least have a battle um, with the car ahead and, and yeah, we'll just have to wait until 2022. The good news is, even if they're wrong with their estimations as to how much it will improve by, they've set the stool so high that even if they only get halfway there, that's still quite a significant improvement. So hopefully it's as good as they think it will be, but there is a bit of leeway regardless. Um, so yeah, just looking at the rules and regulations in isolation there. Uh, related to that in terms of the competition aspect of this all and having multiple teams at the front being able to challenge... I personally have no problem with one team dominating Formula One and taking every race win in a season, presuming they do so where there is equal opportunity. If a team is good enough to take advantage of the circumstances, I've got no problem with them dominating. The situation we're in now, Mercedes obviously have been dominant for years and they are very, very good as a team. The reason that they are able to beat seven of the nine teams on the grid is because they spend way more than the others you know they spend three times the amount that someone like an alpha towery or a williams would spend in a season so it's natural that they're going to whoop their asses each time of course they're going to the only two exceptions to that are red bull and more even more accurately ferrari where the spend is fairly similar mercedes are able to beat those teams because they are so much more efficient in how they spend their money. They beat the midfield and the lower end teams because of the amount they spend. The way in which they spend it is how they beat Red Bull and Ferrari. And that's the important thing. That's what should be Formula One, in my opinion. I think F1 needs to head towards, and I think these changes are helping to that, just needs to head towards the, the factors that are most important. We don't just want a sport, or at least I don't just want a sport, where you spend more money, you win as a result of that. I want... The playing field and this sort of goes into the budget cap here i want a field where you've got everyone spending a very similar amount and suddenly what factors become much more important driver ability ability to perform under pressure the efficiency of these teams pit stops all of these things become much more important when the money aspect goes away you know for example racing point and this might change with them being aston martin but specifically in the last couple of years racing point can be as efficient as they want to be they're not going to beat mercedes it doesn't matter how well they spend their money so i just want to see the financial element of it taken away even slightly but hopefully more than that so uh that kind of goes back to the point where i don't mind if mercedes after all of these changes are made they go and win every race because if they've done so at that point they've done it the absolute best way that they can And I mean, related to this, we've got, uh, I sort of alluded to the budget cap that's coming in. Uh, Sam, do you think that this will make as much of an impact as, as the people hope that it will? I hope so. I hope we do see a proper turn of events. I hope, as you said, I don't, I, I don't mind uh, Mercedes winning every race as long as it's a closely fought contest. As you said, everyone's on the same playing field. If well, we're just going to pick numbers out of the air right now, but say Mercedes been 150 quid and Haas been 150 quid and Haas come out on top, good for Haas. You're the better team. You've done it with the same amount of money, the same resources. Um, Mercedes are one of the largest 
automotive giants in the globe and have a lot of resource to throw at anything they want to. They could probably walk into any sport and within a couple of seasons of development, be on top of it, really. Um, they've got the ability to buy the best people, to buy the best resources. And that, that shouldn't take away from what Mercedes have done. You know, Mercedes are brilliant for a number of reasons, including the fact they've got the resource to be so. You know, they spent the money in the correct way, as Ben alluded to with the Ferrari and the Red Bull thing. You know, to be that successful is just phenomenal. But I'd love to see them do it where their car, it can only be a maximum of three to four attempts faster. I think it's got to be someone like a Lewis Hamilton or a Max Verstappen that comes along and really turns that around, really makes that difference. Um, I think the budget cuts are great. I think it's going to help out a lot of the smaller teams. I think it will help out a lot of the private teams. Teams like McLaren might see themselves get back on top. Teams like Williams might be able to grow back again. Racing Point now, Aston Martin might be able to shoot themselves back up. I know they've got that funding from Stroll, but, you know... That doesn't mean they can immediately start pumping resources in to build themselves ready for that new development season. So I'm really excited for this whole new period. I think it ties very much into kind of where we're going with, with um, environmentalist points of view. I think it's great that we're seeing the change for the, you know, the carbon neutral that goes along with it as well. Formula One is going in the right direction. I'm nervous that there are a few hurdles that they might trip over getting there. As we know with certain contracts that have been signed for certain tracks that go against certain points that they're trying to make. Um, but... It's definitely getting there. We're definitely moving in the right direction. I think the budget cap is the right way to do it. And hopefully, maybe, we might see some new teams step into the sport. Now, they might be able to afford the overall version of the sport. So many great manufacturers could take part. We never get to see them. It's a real shame. So, yeah, all for it. Love it. What are your views on the budget cap, Harry? Because whilst there is a lot associated with the budget cap, it doesn't encapsulate absolutely everything that a Formula One team would spend. So, at the moment, at least, drivers' salaries aren't included marketing efforts aren't included and such do you think that this is uh, a good first step or do you think it's even better than that um yeah look <clears throat> i think it's a it's a soft start isn't it for for budget caps in f1 it's not something that's been done before and i think uh to get it you know chase carey i think to get this deal across the line has had to perhaps do it this way um Rather than just slam a load of budget caps everywhere across the you know across the Formula One business, because um, I don't think the teams would agree to it. So I think in that sense, probably the um, the best way forward, you know, practically, you know, of course, I'd love to see the full the full set of budget caps coming straight away. As Sam said, I think you know it'd be great to see some new teams in, but you know, hopefully that's something we can work towards in the future. Um, but for now, I think this is a you know a good first step. And then, hopefully, and I think it is the plan that more are brought in. Uh, you know, as we as we move forward. Um, yeah, I, I it would be great to see. You know, Mercedes have to spend their money, be you know frugal with their money, like the likes of a Racing Point have been. You know, you know pound for pound, as you said before, Ben. I think you said this pound for pound, the, probably the best team in F one. Um, you know, it'd be great to have to see Mercedes instead of chucking money at everything. It'd be great to see them, you know, use their money wisely. And if they still come out on top, then so be it. But um, yeah, I think it's be something interesting to watch out for going forward. But yeah, I'm I'm all for the what they've done for this year, and then yeah, going forward, bringing it, bringing in more will be good. Yeah, yeah, and I would agree with that. And I I would just sort of echo what what I said earlier and what you said there, Harry, is that. Mercedes are, are far from inefficiently spending their money. You know, it, they, they, there's a reason Mercedes have won the last seven titles and Ferrari haven't. 
yeah, that's because they are that much better with their money. But um, yeah, I, w- one thing I would say here is that with the budget cap, um, when Chase Carey came in, obviously Liberty Media, uh, very American, they haven't, they haven't quite been able to grab the American market as perhaps I think they they would have wanted to. The, the race in Miami hasn't materialized it might not materialize at all haven't been able to get a second race in the u.s which i think they would have hoped to have done at this point um but the budget cap is a bit of a an americanized move really when it comes to sports you know um, without going into the ins and outs of the the nba or the nfl in america a, a budget cap is is very much in line with with what they're about uh in terms of overall spend and um stuff like the uh, being able to use the wind tunnel as well and how the the worse you finish in the championship, the more time you get to use wind tunnels to, to develop. And that's very much following sort of the draft system as you would get in the likes of the NFL and the NBA. So I, I think um, I think there is an American element to all of this. So it does all sort of sort of add up. Um, one more point I wanted to sort of raise here when it comes to the future of F1 is Stefano Domenicali. Of course, he's coming into the role uh, being vacated by Chase Carey. Uh, Domenicali's got plenty of links within the automotive world. We know that one of F1's difficulties over the last decade or so has been attracting big name automotive companies. Sam, do you think that his uh, ascension to this role is a start in getting some of these brands on board? Uh, he previously worked for Lamborghini, didn't he, I believe? Yes. Um, and Lamborghini is one of those brands that have been very much rumoured um, and were desired to come into Formula 1 for a long time now. Um, people, whenever they do, you know, you see a lot of these designs online um, that, you know, they, they make these fantasy liveries, they partner these fantasy teams with these fantasy sponsors. Lamborghini is one that comes up an awful lot. And I think if we had another true Italian team coming to rival Ferrari and now... Uh, Alpha Tauri as well, doing very well. Of course, Alpha and Mayo were there. It would very much be almost like an Italian family are coming. And I think the rival would be instantaneous. I think Lamborghini would want to be incredibly competitive from the start. And I'd expect their outlandish flair to have a good impact on Formula One. Um, so Domenico Carli has that link. And I think Domenico Carli needs to do a lot more than just bringing um, new manufacturers. I'd like to see 12 teams again, 24 cars on the grid. Maybe even more if possible, if we could fit it, if we've got the right tracks for it. I'd be up for seeing it. Extend the points a little bit further back. Make it more competitive all the way through. I don't want Williams on their own all the way at the back for another 10 years. It would be nice if someone else came along. Um, I also think he needs to do a lot more than what the likes of Chase are not doing. If Formula 1 needs to be progressive in the future, if the management needs to continue to evolve and be successful, then Savannah Carney needs to look at a lot of other features. Firstly, he needs to look at uh, the environmental factor. Formula 1 wants to be carbon neutral. Formula 1 is trying lots of strange little things to be environmentally healthy but um you've got com- you know sports companies now like extreme e and formula e who are doing their part when they go somewhere they're doing something impactful they're helping the environment formula one still has the most ridiculous calendar known to man we don't just have a europe section and then an asia section and then a north america section and south america section we'll fly from asia all the way to europe and then we'll fly back to asia but then we'll go to canada then we'll come back to you and you think this doesn't make any sense this is awful for the, the environment. This is terrible for cost. Why is it going along like this? So I think you need to bring in a standardised candidate where we hit all the areas in one go in one area, then move up out of that area and plonk ourselves down in another one. That, to me, is a good first step. And then we need to stop signing contracts with countries that have got serious human rights issues just for a bit of dosh. You know, we need to be signing contracts with companies that have got great racetracks, 
that support the modernised movement. We races one doesn't mean anything if you keep going to impoverished, badly looked after countries where the people are not treated as equals, where women are thrown in prison because they didn't had a driving licence, you know, two years ago and they wanted to drive a car. You, you can't be going to these countries and then spouting off we races one. So I want to see that from Domenico Carli as well to be successful. I think his manufacturer links are good. I don't know if it's enough to make him successful. I need to see him go out there and do these other things in the industry to really make F1 a truly global, supportive, forward-thinking sport. I think he's got the capabilities. I think he's a great guy to put in charge. He's got a lot of experience. I'm a little nervous. It's a big job for him. Uh, what are your thoughts on Domenicali being able to attract these big names, Harry? Because we've got to go back five years to the last time a, a team entered F1 in, in Haas. And, um, you know, you'd also don't want it to go the other way where we had sort of three teams come in in 2010 and they were all abject failures. Um, so do you think that he'll be able to get these names in? I mean, yeah, I, you know, Sam's already referenced Lamborghini there. He's obviously got big ties there. Um I, I, you know, I don't know whether it, you want manufacturers. To, we've got a lot of manufacturers already, but is should we go the way that they were trying to go back in 2010 with the three, the three teams? Um, it could have been four teams if USF one hadn't conked out before they even got there. But um, I think that was, I think that was the uh, the way forward. I just don't think F1 was in the right place. To do it, you know, we were just post a post a massive recession, or you know, um, so I, you know, I think maybe I prefer to see some like privateer teams come back in because you know, if we are having this budget cap, I think now we're getting to a place where F one could, you know, support having privateer teams back in. This is not to say you know go away manufacturers. I'd love to see a Lamborghini come in. I'd see a Porsche come in. I just think the way that the you know, motorsport and uh, you know em- environmental landscape is is going as you know. Sounds already referenced. I think less and less we're going to see manufacturers being attracted to F one. Um, you know, I think they can go to they'll go to Formula E or they'll go to uh, you know the new Le Mans uh, you know hypercar series. Um, so uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a difficult one. I you know I don't doubt Domenicali. He led Ferrari for for several years. Um, I know he didn't win a championship, but he was he had some pretty good years with with Ferrari there, and he's been successful since at Lamborghini. And I think he did some work for Formula like with the FIA, like Formula Four or something as well. So he's he is well connected. So I think he's a he's a well suited man for the job. Yeah, I've got I've got faith in Domenicali doing a good job, and I think his his connections are definitely going to help. In the, I think they will start the conversations and perhaps help the conversations along their way. However, I don't think it's going to I don't think it's going to seal the deal with these big time manufacturers. I think I think it will be enough to engage in the conversations. But at that point, the sport and the allure of the sport kind of has to take over from there. I. I in terms of manufacturers, and, and I guess this is a this is I don't think any series in the world has got this absolutely nailed down in, in terms of being able to attract these big names. Formula E's definitely been very good at it in the last few years, um, but even so, they've got a couple of big names leaving them. Um, but they they're still doing a much better job than Formula One. And I, I agree with you, Harry, what you say in terms of these privateer teams versus the manufacturers. And I wouldn't see wouldn't mind seeing a a mixture of both really come into formula one 
what you don't want is the situation where we had in 2010 where these teams are coming in and suddenly the 107% rule needs to be applied and there's there's just no level of competitiveness with these teams. We want any new entries, like has have been, to, to be competitive uh, and to be able to, to fight um, with the other teams, other more established teams. The issue, I think, at the moment in terms of manufacturers and particularly in terms of power unit suppliers, we know that Honda's going, even if they sell the sort of IP for their power units to Red Bull, um, which means we are essentially looking at three power units. We're, 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 looking at, we're looking at Ferrari, we're looking at Renault, and we're looking at Mercedes, and that's it, um, which is a pretty dangerous position because the fewer power unit suppliers you have, the more influence they have on, you know, they can't they can't leave you know if you have 10 power unit suppliers at the same time if one of them goes doesn't really matter you've still got nine as that number drops down and you get to the likes of four and three as we've got at the moment suddenly the influence of a team like let's say mercedes the influence of their power unit goes from 25 percent of the overall amount to 33 percent of the overall amount so it's a big jump up and if there's any threat of them leaving or whatever in the next couple of years, then suddenly Formula One are not in a strong position to to back down from their demands or, or anything like that. And that that kind of works more widely, rather not just the power units, but also with the teams themselves. And I, I really think this is a problem that I hope to many Carly attacks in that being in Formula One is a privilege. And the sport should be set up in a way that it is such a privilege for these teams that they are not the ones dictating the rules and they are not the ones dictating how the sport goes. You know, ultimately, and I do not blame the teams for this whatsoever, by the way, they are going to, if they have a say, go with whatever helps them. You know, Mercedes, Ferrari, the, the back teams, there's very little when it comes to, to morals. It's just a case of, is this rule going to help us or not? Yes or no? That's how I'm going to choose whether I vote for it or vote down. And I don't blame the teams for that whatsoever. It's the job of Formula One to strip their influence away and make Formula One such an exciting prospect for teams that it doesn't matter if you lose them or not. You know, Formula One should be, there should be no discussion as to whether Ferrari is more powerful than Formula One. Formula One should be the be all and end all and the team should be glad that they're there. That's how it works in all other sports. So I hope Domenicali attacks that issue. Um, and, and the only other thing that, that I hope he looks at, really, is that... Um, uh, I don't really know how to say this. So I, I hope Domenicali can... Ooh, no. Say it. I can... Say it. You've got us all on tender hooks. I have, haven't I? I'm sorry. I've, I've built this up. Um yeah, I, I I just hope that. Yeah, <laughs> I can't form the point. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't form the point. I can't form the point. No, I, I, I'll ben say something that I'll end up regretting. For the first time in 100 episodes. I know I'm, it's I'm taken 100 us. podcasts for for me to get to this point. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I I just hope that Domenicali does a good job. He he sorts this competition issue out. And that the influence of Domenicali, the, the influence of Formula One supersedes that of the teams. They, they can't be forced to direct how the, the rules and regulations go because, you know, that's how it will end up. It will it'll end up as a sport where other people don't want to get involved. The barriers of entry are too high um, and, and you've got the likes of you've got the power 
houses of McLaren and, and all Mercedes and Red Bull, they're deciding everything and the sport won't benefit as a result. You know, when you couldn't work out what you were going to say then, I thought for a minute you were going to like snap your fingers and Domenicali was going to appear on the podcast <laughs> and you would surprise me and Harry's. It's my gift to you two. Domenicali's here. I've been like, wow, Ben, I owe you a lot of nice things, but you know what? No. Let me down. And once Sorry. again, for the 100th time in a row, I'm disappointed. <laughs> he, he, he might be on next week. Does that <laughs> mean he's not going on? <laughs> no, you're right. Stefano Domenicali is not coming on. Um, moving on because we are at podcast 100 but let's take away those two zeros and leave us with podcast one the 24th of August 2018 an historic day that will be remembered by many as the first day that the uh, the late breaking podcast made an appearance we actually I can't remember how many episodes we did in our first initial run but it wasn't many when we decided uh, we're not cut out for this. We were right in thinking that, but we decided <laughs> to bring it back later on. Um, so, Harry, I think you've got a few clips prepared from that first episode. I can't wait to listen to this. I am quite pumped. Again, there it is, folks. Pumped. Here we go. Is everyone holding to your hands? I think that they realistically need to get rid of Renault before the new regulations come in. They need to stop them. <laughs> I, know, I know. They only got Honda a couple of years before that. Right. They need to go out and they need to bring in a brand new engine supplier that isn't in Formula One to have total control of that engine supplier and one that can deliver power. Both Renault and Honda have never been renowned for delivering powerful setups and that is what McLaren are lacking. <laughs> I was about to say, who is he talking about, but you heard at the end. <laughs> I stand by everything I said. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not you're not far off. I mean, they didn't bring in a new one, but they got McLaren got a uh, they went back to Mercedes. So Sam, you they know. did. And how successful have Renault and Honda been since I made that statement? They've won. I mean, much more successful. Yeah, but only with a team that was already in the top three anyway. They got one wing outside of that top three, and Renault. How many wings have they got? None. Well, I think that I I would argue that's more down to Renault being Renault rather than the power unit being poor. I mean, Renault Power were powering Red Bull at one point, so and that worked out all right. I didn't get too many wings, no world championships. I stand by it. McLaren they got made four the right world championships, move. didn't they? Yeah, they 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 did all right. Talking a cup there, folks. <laughs> okay, I've got. I should have written what I've got time because I didn't write what these uh, clips are about, which is a stupid move. But this is number two. We've got three more to go, so brace yourselves. Um, should we move on to Mr. Fernando Alonso? He's been in the news recently, hasn't he? What's he been up to? My heart breaks. I can't remember what, what, what's happening with Alonso. I don't know. Um, he's gone on holiday. Oh, he's gone on holiday forever. He's yeah. never coming back. Um, well, actually, he's already, he's already said in his leaving leaving video that, uh, or whatever, I might come back still. See? And he did. Look at that. He was always coming back, wasn't he? He was <laughs> always coming back. We knew it. LB predicts the future. A bit like The Simpsons predicts the future. Yeah. We knew he was coming on back, and he's here. Fernando Alonso, what the fuck? Oh, he's got here. He's got no, here. He's not. Maybe next Sorry. episode. <laughs> he, he only agreed to come on if Stefano Domenicali was coming on. <laughs> and Stefano Domenicali was only coming on if Fernando Alonso was coming on. And it was kind oh, of a standoff, you see. But Got their wires crossed. 
So yeah, oh, um, Alonso retiring. How about that? I mean, that was we had we had a good topic for our first podcast because it must have been after must have been after Abu Dhabi twenty eighteen. No, yeah, after, uh, he, the summer, he, after the summer window, wasn't it? The the podcast oh, yeah. was the twenty fourth of August. So I oh, mean, August, Alonso oh, announced yeah. it. Yeah, Alonso uh, announced it earlier in the year. But yeah, okay, and he, he um, stayed retired. Yeah, forever. Until now. Until right. now. Murray's back. Deck chair F1. Deck chair F1. Make it happen. Karma. Karma F1. <laughs> Karma racing. It'd be interesting to see. GP2 engine racing. Back to the point. Sorry. <laughs> Nothing has changed. <laughs> ben shouting back to the point at us still happens while every two episodes. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I did say I this would why... be a trip back to the past that proves that nothing's changed. Yeah. Ben just still gets annoyed at me and Harry laughing at each other being idiots, so Ben wants to make a proper F1 point. Who wants proper points? Ben. Apart from Ben. Well, our listeners clearly don't, because if you have stuck around, we, we appreciate it. If you have been here since episode one, come and talk to us over Twitter. We'd be quite interested to see if you've listened to every episode. I imagine none <laughs> of you have. Yeah, I really doubt anyone's been... If anyone listened to episode one and is still here now, yeah, you are mad. All right, we've got one, one clip left. I don't, I don't know what this is. Dan, where is he moving on? Well, it's, it's obviously down the local track, down the road, selling candy floss. Candy floss? Uh, Alonso floss. Um, anyway. <laughs> Alonso floss. I'm sorry. <laughs> Alonso floss. <laughs> yeah, I still stand by that business choice. It doubles up as a <laughs> confectionery item and a sort of mouth, uh, you know, a toothpaste going to mouthwash kind of thing. Yeah, that, yeah. Could, that could work. And That's dual function. To advertise it, he could do the, the kids dance, the, the, the floss. floss. For, for, for the record, everyone who, see, yeah, yeah he, he is actually doing this. <laughs> Just be thankful that you can't see it. Very slowly, because I've got I'm an old man and my hips don't move that quick anymore. <laughs> He's only in his twenties, but you'd you'd have thought he was in his fifties based on what happened in the last ten seconds. Yeah, that was it was elegant. I stand by Alexa Floss, and I'm not surprised I said it. If anything, I, I'm I'm disappointed I didn't go further with the idea. I'm, I'm surprised that Alonso didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's not on the podcast to say that he definitely didn't do it. So we <laughs> can only presume he did. Next time he retires, whenever that happens again, Alonso Floss is coming. Thank you very much for preparing those, Harry. It's good to know that we were right in what we thought. We were idiots then and we're idiots now. Um... Before we go on to F1 back and forth, talking about idiocy, um, Sam, you've got uh, something to say about Manscaped. So we've actually got a sponsor. Yeah, and that is because of you lot who have listened to the podcast. So firstly, I know we've got to do the advertising bit, um, and we aren't really getting paid. They're just happily sponsoring it, and we kind of got a free product to try out, which is very nice. It's because of you lot listening that they've reached out and had a thought. So firstly, thank you for listening. And if you do want to help out the channel, we've got uh, you go over to Manscaped, and when you buy a product, you'll get 20% off if you search for late 20. Put that in your discount box in your little code bit that goes under the, the checkout section. So if you want to be streamlined, get the podcast to the top. Or you want to be a lawnmower, just like Valtteri Bottas was at the Austrian Grand Prix 
trim some grass, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> then um, get over to Manscaped. Their products are quality. They actually are. I used it. It's over there. You can see it. Oh, you can't see it at the camera. It's a podcast. Sorry, folks. Watch a YouTube video. You won't really catch it. It's, it's there. Um, it, it was actually pretty good. I would recommend it. And you get 20% off. So if you do want to help out the, um, the channel, get over to Manscaped. Use LATE20, all in capital letters, uh, with the number 20, not the word 20. And you'll get 20% off. Uh, so thanks, Manscaped. You'll be hearing a bit more from them over the next couple of episodes because they're here with us for a little bit. But much love to you guys and to Manscaped for helping us out. With that, we will move on to F1 back and forth. F1 back and forth. It's F1. Back and forth, it goes backwards, then goes forth, it's F1. Back and forth, F1. Alright, F1 back and forth. Anyone who is listening where this isn't the first one they've listened to will know what this is all about. But Harry versus Sam, back and forth on a particular topic where there are a number of correct answers. When one of them gets an answer wrong or can't think of an answer, they lose, leaving the other one as the winner. So um, today's topic, and there are 25 correct answers in this one. Any driver who (laughs) has more... (laughs) any driver who has more than 180 race starts in formula one more than 180 race starts and there are 25 correct answers so sam if you wouldn't mind kicking us off uh rubens barrichello (laughs) second on the list with 322 well done harry (laughs) kimmy raikkonen Number one on the list with 329. Sam? Fernando Alonso. Yep, it looks like he's going to overtake Rubens Barrichello by the time 2021 is over. He's a correct answer. Harry? Um, Michael Schumacher. Yep, with 306. That's a correct answer. Sam? Uh, Oh, Jensen Button. And those are the top five all there. So Jensen Button is correct. Harry? I mean, only another 20 to go. Um, yeah. <laughs> Ricardo Patrese. Yeah, he was there for five decades, um, so he is a correct answer. 256 <laughs> race starts for him. <laughs> Not quite five. Sam, who's next? Uh, Sebi Vett. Sebi Vett is a correct answer. He's got one more, 257. Oh. Harry? Uh, Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton, 266. That's a correct answer. Sam? Um, oh, God, we're only about, what, eight in? Uh, <laughs> I'm struggling Felipe already. I... Felipe Massa is a correct answer. You Going in a nice sort of order here, because you've got nine correct answers and they are the top nine. So it's the obvious yeah, ones, Massa... that's why. It's the obvious <laughs> ones. Yes. You might as well go for those ones first. They are the safest answers. Harry, who's next? Um, I will go for, ooh, <laughs> ooh. I will go for uh, Nick Heifeld. Quick, Nick Heifeld has 183, so oh, you are just it. about all right with that answer, just. 
Aye, aye, aye. Sam. Uh, DC, David Coulthard. DC is there, 246 to his name. Harry. Um, everyone's favourite train, Yano Trilly. Choo-choo! Choo-choo! Two, five, two for him. Sam. Uh, this is going to get hard. It's going to get hard. Um, Mark Webber. Mark Webber is the correct answer. He's over the 200 mark. 215. Harry? Mark Webber. Um, aye, aye, aye. Oh, God. You um, can't lose on the 100th episode. <laughs> well, one of us has to. Um, I don't think this is right. Nico Rosberg. It is right. Yep. Nico oh. Rosberg, 206 race starts. Sam. Uh, crazy John Alazy. Crazy John Alazy is correct. Crazy. 201. Go Harry. on, crazy. Um. Oh. No, I don't think it could be. Uh. <laughs> oh my god. Um. The people are screaming at home with answers. I don't think this is right based on the last. Based on the last uh, answer, I don't think this is right, but I can't think of anyone else. Miki Hakkinen. You are right in that you are wrong. (laughs) Uh, Miki Hakkinen is not a correct answer. There are still a few out there. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten more answers, Sam. Do you think you can get any of them? (laughs) I I, I I could get a few. Um... What, Prost? Is Prost on there? Yeah, 199 oh. for Prost is a good answer. Um, the man who can paint this thing air, Giancarlo Fisichella, is he on there? Yeah, he's done 229 races and defended thin air in 211 of them. <laughs> that man loves thin air. You're not getting past me. <laughs> um... Have some of that, Kimmy. <laughs> yeah, and, and then they do. Yeah. And then they do. Well, I want to say Nelson Piquet, but I can't remember if it's going to be senior or junior. Well, you, I think it's senior. I think it's senior, considering <laughs> junior was there for four minutes. Um, 204 race starts for the senior of the Nelson Piquet drivers. Now I'm struggling. Um, have we said Patrese? Yes. We have said Patrese, yeah. Um... What about Gerhard Beefburger? Gerhard Beefburger is correct. 210. I'm not sure how many more I've got. I'm going to take a punt on one more. Uh, oh, what's he called? Harry, help me out. He's the Italian bloke. Um, <laughs> the Italian sound, bloke. Sound... <laughs> Ital- <laughs> Italian bloke, F1. That narrows it um, down. His name sounds like Albuquerque, but it's obviously not Albuquerque. Um, Let me have a list. Look at my list for Albuquerque. No, it's not Ascari. Oh, Alboreto. Is that his name? Michele Alboreto. Yeah, that's the correct answer. I... 
I will just go for a bit of a punt then, and I will say Nico Hulkenberg. Uh, no, Nico Hulkenberg has not had that many, but a good effort with only only five more left to get. So uh, the ones you missed out on, so Andrea De Cesaris, um, oh, famous crashster from the 80s and 90s. Uh, Sergio Perez is on 191. Oh, Daniel, God. Daniel Ricardo. Ricardo's oh. on 188. Uh, Nigel Mansell is on 187. And then good old Ralph the Mouth just about got in there with 180. So a good effort overall. You got 80% of them. So Should have got well, four was... of the last five, to be fair. That was a difficult one, Ben. That was a tough, yeah. tough, uh, tough old round. Well, it was the 100th one, so it had to be quite difficult. Of course, as always, very interested to hear how you got on at home. Could you get more than 20? Um, Were there some you thought would be on the list that weren't on there? But yeah, as always, let us know and play that jingle, Harry. F1. Back and forth, it's F1. Back and forth, it goes backwards. Then goes forth, it's F1. Back and forth, F1. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, before we go, guys, um, on to podcast 200, I guess. That comes after 100, doesn't it? It does, yeah. 99, 100, 200, 300, that's how oh, we start. We'll probably do some in between 100 and 200, just to be clear, but... Oh. How, how many? In between. Five? <laughs> I was thinking seven, but five could work. I mean, the point is, we're not going anywhere. We've, we've still got plenty of podcasting left in us, haven't we? Yeah, I do like to cast a pod or two, you know? Yeah, unbelievably, we do. And it would be absolutely brilliant if for this 100th podcast we did have a way to wrap it up. Um, Harry, can you think of anything we might be able to put in here? <laughs> he definitely uh, not made something. Harry's definitely not known for <laughs> montage making or anything. No, I famously don't like a montage. Now, folks, what you're about to hear is um, I'm going to explain it. Now, I'm going to be I'm going to be completely honest here. The, the music in it, I nicked it off a guy called Jack Hartman on YouTube who does counting uh, for children. Um, <laughs> says it all already and his and it, but his video is you know counting and being fit in between you know at every te- after every 10 he does like a stretch your arms or bend your legs or something like that but instead of that i've just put a highlight bend in your legs i've put a highlight in <laughs> i've put a highlight in from that ep- number episode so 10 20 30 40 50 60 70 80 90 uh yeah there's a highlight from each and you will notice as we you know uh, from earlier on the quality and production of our podcast has vastly improved but the content is the same uh, so that. yeah uh, i hope you enjoy it guys it's about 2 minutes so prepare if you're in, if you're in the car now and you're listening to this on the way home like do another you know one around the block this will take 2 minutes turn it up Sing along, get the windows down, like I did when England scored in the World Cup and we won in the last minute. I took my top off, I got in the car, and I drove around the block playing three lines at my windows at full volume. But do that with the LB podcast. Get it on.
Yeah, enjoy what he's put together. It is about as ridiculous as you probably think it is going to be right now. Um, but definitely, stupid. definitely stick around and check check it out. Um, uh, you go ahead and watch that. We're going to go away for a week. We'll be back for podcast episode 101 next time out. We can't wait to uh, to hear you there. Um, we yeah. Thank you so much for all of the support that we've had in the first 100. Uh, keep listening. We're not going anywhere. We're going to keep going. Let us know feedback. We, we always love to hear what you like and dislike about the podcast. We're always looking to improve. So Twitter at Lbreaking, get in touch with us there. Um, but until next time, we're going to get out of here. I've been Ben Hocking. I still can't believe there's more and more of you listening. So I've been Samuel Sage for the 100th time. And I've been Harry Eid. Haven't we done this the wrong way around? Oh, no, it's, this is right. I've Massively. been Harry Eid. <laughs> Classic. Keep breaking, like. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, it's, it's nice to turn up to your own show, really. Eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Do you think that Ferrari or indeed Red Bull can halt the progress of Mercedes? Do you think they can break the streak? Twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty. I have been waiting. It feels like 10 years since the last one. I can't wait. I'm buzzed. 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40. I love livery reviews. 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, 48, 49, 50. Corinne, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, absolute pleasure. Happy to chat with you guys. 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59, 60. Um, I don't like to go in on drivers. We've seen that many times before. I'm usually very kind to those struggling. Lol. <laughs> 61, 62, 63, 64, 65, 66, 67, 68, 69, 70. This is literally the the happiest moment of my of my career i don't think i'll ever top this and uh just thank you danny rick you're you're a beautiful human being <laughs> 71 72 73 74 75 76 77 78 79 80 roman grosjean with a broken finger yeah he i'm gonna care. use his broken finger to swear at you over the fence <laughs> 81, 82, 83, 84, 85, 86, 87, 88, 89, 90. The tractors were not my friends. 91, 92, 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, 100. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.